Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. Um, Live for the first time on Twitch and YouTube for the first time in, honestly, a long-ass while. So there's going to be a lot of clicking as I try and click through uh, the multiple tabs I have open uh, on my screen. But many people asking, Simon, where the hell did you go? Well, obviously, the podcast has been continuing on all good podcast apps. And if you are listening on a podcast app right now, I will tell you that you can come watch the YouTube version. You can either go to twitch.tv for Simon316 or you can go into YouTube. And basically, ages ago, I set up this thing called Simon Miller Wrestling Show Clips. That channel's now just been called Simon Miller's Wrestling So Just go search for that. If you like streaming on YouTube, you can do it there. If you like streaming on Twitch, you can do it there. We're going to go back to hopefully twice a week, but a minimum of once a week. I'm in my dream. We're going to do it more. And essentially, yes, you know, lockdown happened and a lot of stuff going on here, there and everywhere. And it kind of just fell off the wagon a little bit. But the good news is that we're now back on the wagon. And as I've always said, when you fall off the wagon, just get back on the mother flubbing wagon. I ain't here to do Instagram quotes. That's not the deal of the show. And before I do get anywhere, I do want to thank everyone uh, that's on my Patreon right now, patreon.com forward to Simon316. They have been with me through thick and thin over this whole pandemic and lockdown and everything like that. And without it, I don't know what I would have done. That's the whole reason I get to keep doing this stupid podcast. I don't make any money of it from it anywhere aside from my Patreon. So thank you very much to you. And if you do want to support and you go to patreon.com forward to Simon316. And also we'll do the questions later as well. If you don't follow me on Twitter, at SimonMiller316. Once I sort this out, the, um, all the what the doodars will be back on the screen. But I think we should just talk about talking about wrestling. Because if you are listening to the podcast version right now, you're like, I don't care about any of this, Simon. I can't even see you. Some people are asking about Super Chat as well. Yeah, so if you're on Twitch, you can't give me bits because I need to get my numbers up. And if you're on YouTube, you can't give me it because I need to get my numbers up. These are not... I don't stream on my main channel anymore. Because if you don't know, streaming on your main channel will just absolutely flub you up. But we don't need to we don't need to talk about that. Now people are talking about the audio, which is very frustrating because we'd already done this at the start of the thing. The audio is only coming through one ear, but I don't want to start the stream, stop the stream and start it again. Um so yeah, that's just one of those things. I'll have to fix it afterwards. It was fixed, but you know what happens. You fix this stuff and then it breaks as soon as you hit live. I'll turn it up though to try and mimic that. Hopefully that helps. Anyway, professional wrestling. What's everyone mad about today? Eva Marie. (laughs) Eva Marie uh, came back to Raw last night. And in terms of only in my crazy world, that is what everybody has been talking about. Everyone is so mad and everyone is so upset. Everyone's like, I don't want Eva Marie to come back because WWE fired a bunch of people recently. Now, of course, the firing sucked. All firings suck. It doesn't matter if they happen on April the 13th or whatever the hell it was. It doesn't matter when they go down. You never want anyone to lose their job unless you're an absolute psychopath. And some people are psychopaths, especially when it comes to, <laughs> it comes to wrestling fans. But you cannot equate one situation with the next. Like so far, all we've seen when it comes to Eva Marie is that she loves laying on Ferraris now and she said a lot of riddles about her being back. I don't know what she was talking about. But you don't go, I can't believe Eva Marie has come back when we fired the Iconics, we fired Samoa Joe or whatever. That's not how it works. This, one, I said this on ups and downs. Make sure you check it out, what culture wrestling. One, Eva Marie 
may have signed way before. Like that rumor has been around for ages. So she may have signed way before we ever even got to getting rid of people. And also it's not her fault that anybody got fired and other people will be hired. It's a company. So I was as upset as anybody when, uh, especially the likes of Billy Kay, et cetera, did get let go of the company. But you do not then take all that and put the blame on Eva Marie. Let's just see how it plays out. Maybe they've got a really good character planned. Maybe she's going to come out and she'll be obsessed with Ferraris. Uh, also, people mentioned me to turn it to mono in the settings. Yes, I know that it was. For some reason, it's defaulted back to stereo. But if I do that now, the stream will stop. I don't want to go down that road. I'd rather have weird audio in one ear for now and then look if you don't like it you can check out the podcast version where magically that uh, that will be fixed so yeah i'm not going to get down this even marie thing i'm not going to judge the even marie thing based on a not even a five minute vignette it couldn't have been more than 90 seconds tops and to be honest the one thing that the women's division need like if you are a big fan of social media you would have seen there's kind of been a debate going on oh we should give the women their own brand be it in wwe aew i think ring of honor already does something like that and if it makes sense then sure let's do that absolutely hell yeah i'm all for that but before we get there shouldn't we be addressing raw and smackdown and saying as opposed to ripping these people away from the premier brands that wwe has established why don't we just try and double down and make the stories a little bit better give them a little bit more time not do the same flipping women's tag team match over and over and over and over again to the point i'm going to be 97 and still seeing Shayna baser and nia Jax versus naomi and lana with reginald doing the distraction like there is loads of good talent in the wwe when it comes to their women's division especially down in nxt and there's no at the moment we don't know even marie may fit into that perfectly they may have a great idea a great concept and it may elevate all of that even higher but the biggest problem we have right now turning to raw is that the charlotte flair thing was a random match with dana brooke and then mandy rose attacking charlotte flair so you go wait a minute you had beef with nia Jax. so what's going on with that she then asks to be in the women's title program and Sonya deville just goes yes and to be fair that's quite an interesting storyline i do want to see where that's going to go but it's still, I mean, that's not really their fault. That's a WWE problem. People just being asked to be in championship matches and they just get them. So that absolutely sucks. And then aside from that, you just get that tag team match, which had been not only promoted for the entire week, but again, it was just, it's been done to death. And I timed it. It went 122 seconds. And then that was it. We were just done. And we moved on to whatever the hell we're going to move on to. It just doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you sort of look at who's in this. Like Shayna Baszler to me should be taken out of the women's tag team division. Let a few with Nia Jax. She should be put back into the singles division and she should be portrayed and booked exactly how she was in NXT because she has that Brock Lesnar aura. She has that um, Ken Shamrock aura. Chad Gable's got a little bit too. She feels legitimate and not everybody's going to feel legitimate because that's not how the way the world works. Because you know her background and because of how she works in the ring, it's almost like, why would you book her any other way? Just book her like this. And the fact that we don't, I don't understand. But we do need, that's where we should be throwing our toys out the pram when it comes to the Iconics. The one thing that all the tag team divisions need in WWE right now is an injection of new talent, of new matches, of new faces. And we're not getting that at all. So why don't we get rid of a tag team that we broke up for no reason? And we've talked about all that before. So that was kind of one of my biggest disappointments with Raw this week. Aside from the fact that it's a constant, it's just, it's just fallen into the world of repeats. Which is why when Sheamus is doing all of his stuff with Umberto Carrillo and... Uh, who the hell was it now? My bro... Uh, what? Mansour. Bloody hell, man. I'm getting old. But when he was doing all that stuff with those guys, even though I can't believe we took Mansour's 50-plus winning streak and threw it in the toilet, because that's such an easy way 
to, to book anybody coming into the WWE. And you're not always going to have that. But aside from the fact we threw that into the toilet, at least he's feuding with people that we haven't seen in a while. It's while Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak absolutely rocked. I know it was a two-minute squash match, and Angel Garza took a rose and stuck it up Drew Gulak's ass. But... It was just something new and it's fresh. And I think that's why RK Bro works so well. If you had told me we were going to put Andy Raw- Andy Rawton, Andy Orton and Matt Riddle together, I'd be like, man, I don't know if that's going to work. But it all comes down to the things that WWE isn't doing on mass. Whether you like the Riddle character or not, there is a... Well, you know who he is. He has an established persona and Randy Orton's been smashing that for ages. So they know how to play off each other because they know how their characters would react, right? And that's why I think it works so well. Plus you have the odd couple... The only worry I have is that WWE will stop doing it too soon because they need a you know they need a pay-per-view match or something like that. I really would like this to be you know if we could take our time with the Fiend Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton situation, I don't think see why we can't take our time with this. It can even build to a match in a few months where they do take on AJ Styles and Omos and RK Bro can even lose, which I'll talk about in one second. And maybe then you can start teasing the dissension, but. The one thing I kind of feel like is missing from Raw is connecting dots from episode to episode. And sometimes it kind of exists within a bubble world all of its own. So you watch Raw on one Monday and then you get to the Raw the next Monday. And apart from at the moment, we're just repeating things. It doesn't carry over, which is another reason why I'm so excited about RK Bro, because I'm like, okay, cool. This is a, you know, a blossoming relationship. Riddle is slowly winning over Randy Orton. They're very, very good in the ring. They're now up to 2-0, as we were told. So... Yeah, I, I, I think that is something that we should we should be looking at. And I need to... I need to do the wrong thing. I just think that WWE needs to fall out of... Especially because they have so many people on their roster. They need to fall out of this uh, routine of taking our main event guys and essentially have them throughout the entire show. So you always know you're going to start with a combination of Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Braun Strowman. And that they'll interact with each other throughout the three hours and then they'll be in the main event. And I'm not saying that it can't work. I mean, in the attitude era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, people couldn't get enough of it. But that was 20 years ago. And what I wouldn't mind doing now is kind of treating people, well, just not overexposing them, I suppose. Especially when we're not using other people in the way that we would like. Like, it was great to see Omos and AJ Styles back. I can only assume there's a story there we don't know. Maybe one was injured. Maybe one had something to do with the you know pandemic issues. I have no idea. But one, WWE should make that clear. They don't want to do that. So two, they should come up with a story. But three, for them to return and then just go right back into the New Day feud. And I love the New Day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods can do no wrong. You can give them garbage and they'll make it really entertaining. But to go back into that, when last week they were feuding with Elias and, you know, Jackson, First Commander, Captain Picard, Friends, Riker. It just is so hard to try and pin it all, (laughs) to try and pin it all together. And that's where I kind of get lost because you're like, man, we could be building up tag teams. We could be building up stars for after Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman are done. And yet, you know, we, we just don't see them. I mean, moving over to SmackDown as well, you know, where the hell is Buddy Murphy? You know, what the hell has he been doing? I know that Keith Lee has somewhat of a personal issue and I don't know what it is, but it seems that way. But when he comes back, would he be inserted into that mix? We, you know, we just have absolutely no idea. So I do, that's, that's why the Seamus thing again sticks out for me a lot because it feels new. It feels awesome. It feels exciting even if it's guys that we've seen before that haven't been treated massively. And again, I'll never get over the fact that Mansell Street was killed. <laughs> was killed that quickly. Absolutely nuts. And of course, it ends with Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman, which is, again, another WWE tradition that they should probably dump. 
you know, when we get to WrestleMania Backlash, I want those three to feel as fresh as they can facing off against each other. Always going to be a bit harder with Drew and Bobby because we saw them fight at WrestleMania. But to insert Braun Strowman into it and then see him fight the other guys, just, I don't know. To me, when you get there, it's like, oh, okay, cool. That was interesting. Which is why SmackDown, I think, is a far superior show. To the point, I can't really understand how it's written by the same people because last week we planted the seed of Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. We did it on that show, on the episode, and then we paid it off seven days later. And now you have this incredible cliffhanger to the point that Daniel Bryan has been moved to the alumni section of WWE.com. And you know that storyline because if his contract was up or he's signing with somewhere else, you know, the wrestling websites would be running wild with it. But they're not. No one's reported anything because he's still employed with the company now you can say well he's just going to sit his contract out but i like the fact that we can speculate maybe he goes to raw maybe he goes to nxt maybe he does have some crazy kind of a plan it opens doors for us to discuss but when raw ends at the moment and look i like raw i just think ever since wrestlemania i can't find its feet at all mostly because we are just doing you know wash rinse repeat once rinse repeat when it is done like even the way they did they went oh by the next week it's going to be drew mcintyre versus bobby lashley and you're like wait a minute that's a great match but one i've seen it and two i'd rather you held it off for wrestlemania backlash for that's very reason and give us the go home show and you know that braun Strowman's is going to get involved so it's either going to be a dq or a distraction it just feels to me like they put braun Strowman in that triple threat match so braun Strowman can take the pin so we can do bobby lashley versus drew mcintyre money in the bank and to get braun Strowman in the match in order to protect drew mcintyre we pin drew mcintyre and if that doesn't make any sense it's because it doesn't make it doesn't make absolutely any sense and this isn't me ragging on wwe because again smackdown excellent so good. That SmackDown from Friday, wonderful. <laughs> Wunderbar. Again, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, got the fabled golden up, absolutely deserves it. Big E versus Apollo Crews, I think have great chemistry. Getting a little bit bored with the, you know, shenanigan finishes, but sometimes shenanigan finishes would be fine. It's just that WWE overdoes them, overdoes them a little bit too much. And it's just, again, it comes down to this defined roles thing. I know who Daniel Bryan is. I know who Cesaro is. And I'm excited about finally seeing Cesaro get some kind of a push. And I understand that Roman Reigns is this absolute badass warrior, but also kind of scumbag dude. You know, and I can make my own opinions up out of all of them. I guess the other controversy as well as Eva Marie was the fact that Roman Reigns had new music. Now, this blew my mind because everybody had told me <laughs> that they wanted, they wanted um, Roman Reigns to have new music. And then he gets new music and everyone goes nuts. Like, well, why the, why the flubbins has he got new music? And it's like, <laughs> well, you wanted it. But apparently you didn't want it. I think it's good. And the reason I know it's good is because when I first heard it, I started humming it straight away. And I also played it to my girlfriend and she started humming it right, right away as well. She doesn't know anything about wrestling. I think she sat down to watch wrestling with me once. And it was when Bray Wyatt was doing something as the Fiend and Roman Reigns was in a match and Roman Reigns was just disappeared. And, right, and she said, where did Roman Reigns go? And I was like, damn it. They've done this to they, they've done this to me already. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he went. He just absolutely vanished. So you get those wrestling tropes. So yes, Raw is in a an interesting position at the moment. It's a little bit crazy. I'm hoping I don't think have, calling it WrestleMania Backlash helps because you're telling your audience straight away we're just going to do repeats. And I understand that Backlash by itself was in that, but when you title it and you make it that obvious, I almost think you're you're, you're setting yourself up to fall. To fall into uh, to fall into this pop, but hey ho, it is what it is. It is just resting at the end of the day, and we can all get through it. And again, if you get really upset with Raw, just don't watch it, and you can watch SmackDown instead. It really, really is that simple. Other than that, we've got quite a big AEW show. Obviously, we've got NXT this evening. I'm not going to lie; I'm completely out the loop with NXT because there's so much resting I need to cover when it comes to ups and downs. 
trying to come up with one, uh, catch up with one when you don't have to watch it and you have a busy week has actually become impossible because there's so much wrestling, uh, wrestling on television. But I think AEW right now is in a really fascinating position. I thought the go-home show for Blood and Guts was... Well, again, we built a star in Darby Allen, which is tremendous to see. Chris Jericho knocked it out of the park. And that's what they really needed to do. Like, the big criticism was, oh, we've done the whole blood and guts thing too fast. It needed more weeks. And yeah, maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. But as long as I am ready and I feel like it's peaked at the right time, which I do believe it has, my only thing is I feel like the pinnacle has to win. Aside from when the pinnacle first got together and they absolutely whooped the inner circle's ass, the inner circle has kind of been in control with everything with Mike Tyson and everything like that. So the pinnacle has to walk away with blood and guts with a victory. And even though Chris Jericho has insinuated that it's not going to be as crazy as maybe some of us are imagining, I think it needs to be pretty crazy. It's not a one-match show, as has been advertised. I don't really know what's happening live, if only the fans who are there in the arena, Daly's Place, are going to see um, the, the, the Blood and Guts live and nothing else. But, you know, Mira's going to be on it, and we've got a bunch of other matches, which I should probably get up, but I don't want to touch my computer. But I'm going to get my phone. I'm going to lean out of my... Uh of my thing we'll just do it on the phone because it's 2021 and uh <laughs> why the hell not so no i don't want the the, the parlay stuff oh, i knew this was going to happen this is why you shouldn't spend all your time getting ready for the stream and not your notes because my notes were over there and i didn't bring them so indeed we have the blood and guts match we have cody rhodes versus qt marshall pretty big deal like, we put a lot of time and effort into that feud, and I personally like it, because I think... Well, I like the factory for one, but also I'm just massively biased towards Anthony Agogo, because what a cool thing that is. He was a boxer over here in Britain, and now he's like a star on AEW. I just love it. it gives us all hope. Uh, we've also got SCU versus the Varsity Blondes versus the Acclaimed versus uh, the Jurassic Express. That one kind of fascinates me. That's an elimination match, so it's got to come down to two teams. The Acclaimed aren't doing much at the moment, so they can probably go. Same with the Varsity Blondes. So it comes down to Jurassic Express and SCU. I like SCU a lot, and I love this storyline, the whole Ric Flair, you know, if we lose, we're going to break up the tag team or, you know, Ric Flair's case, retire. It would have been awesome if there had been a bigger focus on it on Dynamite. But as I said on ups and downs, maybe that's what we can start doing now, right? Maybe they, maybe this is one of the things where it does come down to Jurassic Express. Maybe they get beaten right away. I don't know. Maybe it's a massive, maybe it's a massive ruse. I imagine they will win, but I think we really want to be able to build this tension of, oh my gosh, they're not going to win, they're going to lose, and we should do that for a few weeks, and then they meet the Young Bucks. I mean, we've got like a month to the pay-per-view, three weeks to the pay-per-view. You could probably fit it into that, although... Again, if we had been doing it ever since, you know, February, whenever the hell they announced it, I think that would have would have rocked. You've got Kenny Omega and Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Also a pretty big match. It's been built up quite well. And you imagine the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks will be involved in that. Don't understand why people don't like this Young Bucks heel turn. I thought they were fine when it was, uh, when they were faces. I thought they were really good. I think they're likable chaps. But I think when they're doing their old school heel stuff, if you want to call it that. I think they're tremendous. When Mac Jackson did that dick shot last week, oh, I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It was like a dick shot from a video game. And they're the things you can't do when you're a good guy. You can't punch people over the top of the dick if you're meant to be, you're meant to be a good guy. So yeah, I was a massive, um, I was a massive fan, uh, a massive fan of all that. And Britt Baker will be in action. And you've got to imagine she wins and she stays at the top of the rankings and then goes on to take Sheeta uh, at the pay-per-view, where I think she should win the title. I think sometimes you can just smell it in the air that it's the right time to pull the trigger. And I think now is the is the right time to pull the trigger. And, um, you know, Britt Baker over the last year, arguably the best character in wrestling in terms of wrestling characters you didn't uh, you didn't expect. Right, 
because we haven't done this in ages as well. Let's get into the comments and see what's going to go down. My man Chris Rowley says that the evolution, which is obviously what Eva Marie's new tagline is, sounds a lot like the emolution that never took off. It seems a rehash gimmick, but if it works, it works. And I guess it could be, but I don't want to talk about Emelina ever because it was a waste of all of our times. Uh, Schlongier says, Simon, what do you think is the most important thing in a wrestler? I think mic skills are number one. Well, I mean, mic skills are number one, but then if you get in the ring and you suck, you're going to fall together. So you look at any of the best wrestlers ever. They've always been able to pull from all the categories. So they're good wrestlers, they're good promos. Uh, they've got good fundamentals. They've got good psychology. It all comes together. Like if you can be amazing on the mic, and there's probably an example I can't think of right now, but you can be amazing on the mic. And if you can't back it up in the ring, especially in 2021, it kind of always falls by the wayside. So yeah, I think you absolutely need to do everything. Um, where am I going now? Peter says new Roman music was much needed. Shield is dead and it was time to move on. And then I need to figure out a way to get all this in one. At the moment, I'm still getting it all together. But that's fine. Big T Sut said, I'm worried about blood and guts. There is way too much on the show for it being two hours plus the blood and guts match. Well, I would imagine blood and guts goes for about 45 minutes. And that still leaves you with an hour of 15. I know you've got adverts as well, but we do picture in picture. I think it's going to be all right. Like, you could go an hour with blood and guts too. There's probably going to be something on this that is a bit of shenanigans. And Kenny Omega and Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston may not actually go that long because Nakazawa, nine times out of ten, gets absolutely destroyed. Um, Pratt Yush says, Bucks are definitely not likable. Natural heels. And Nemesis says, the Young Bucks heel turn has been coming for ages. I think, I think, I certainly liked them when they were good guys. I just think they understand their roles perfectly. And I think they, um, they yeah, they do it effortlessly either way. Uh, the other, we'll just go through some news before I answer some questions. I've got a load of them lined up as well. And obviously we'll do the ones in the chat too. There's all these rumors been going around recently that Tessa Blanchard was in talks with AEW. As it turns out, I don't believe that is true, but who the hell ever knows when we get into this stuff. Obviously, Tessa Blanchard comes with baggage, I'll go with for lack of a better term. And until that's addressed, it's going to make it difficult for anybody to sign her. I think you always need to hear from the person themselves because it has been a long time. And hopefully you can hear, you know, statements of change and that they've understood what they've did and they can move on. But until we get all of that, I think it's going to be quite a... Well, it is going to be a difficult situation because even when that rumor broke, the internet went nuts. And that's when you know <laughs> that's when you know when something's going wrong. And also, yes, the, um, the Randy Savage biography was on the other day. I consider myself somewhat of a wrestling connoisseur, obviously. I basically lived my entire life doing it. I could not believe some of the things in that documentary. And it was crazy compared to... Because I watched the Steve Austin one, I watched the Roddy Piper one. I don't want to call them puff pieces because I think that's really unfair. I got a lot out of them. I thought they were fun to watch. And it was awesome to see characters that I enjoyed when I was a kid. Rebrought to life is a little bit strong, but that's what a good documentary does. Whereas the Macho Man one was much more dark side of the ring. It was much more he was doing this and he was doing that. I had no idea that he had hidden cameras in his house to watch Gorgeous Jaws when he was dating her. That he would buy Miss Elizabeth like the exact number of TV dinners that he was going to be on the road for. So as a weird way of keeping an eye on her because he didn't eat one of the TV dinners, even though she could just throw it in the bin. And it's kind of difficult when you hear those things. And I'm sure you feel the same kind of a way because the Macho Man was my guy when I was a kid. I absolutely loved him. And when you get these horrific stories, which I think always should be documented in a documentary, which brings us back to the other two where we didn't do that, you just have to take it and decide how that affects you, you know, on a fan level. But I know watching it, I was shaking my head the whole time like that. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, what is 
I don't know. I just it, just, it was blew my brain is what it did. But I do think the documentaries are good. Although it did feel, and I think Dave Meltzer talked about this, they've all been produced by different people. And it massively did feel like this one had been produced who hadn't even seen the Roddy Piper and Steve Austin ones. But I suppose I would rather we delve into, like I say, a good documentary to me. I was going to use The Last Dance, but that was produced by Michael Jordan. So maybe that's not the right one. But I felt like I came away learning a lot about you know, the Chicago Bulls and Scottie Pippen and everybody else around Michael Jordan. Steve Austin, I kind of walked away feeling like they had just reconfirmed a lot of things that I did know. And then when it came to Ronnie Piper, it was kind of the same thing. But then Macho Man was also like an expose, which begs the question what they're going to do on the Ultimate Warrior. I actually think they may have built a rod for their back here because obviously the Ultimate Warrior has, I don't want to say the worst story because it's up to you to determine that, but he has a very, very controversial and a very, very difficult to hear story. And if we don't do that, well, then you're going to raise your hands and go, what's going on? If we do do that, you're still going to raise your hands and you know what's going on. But I do think it's good. I think they're well produced. Uh, I think they're doing pretty well. I think the Austin one did over a million. And I think Roddy Piper and Matcha Man are basically doing close to that. 800, 900,000. Not that I care to talk about ratings. Shout out to the guy on Twitter the other day, uh, Cheap Plug Hat Simon of 316, who said, why is nobody going to point out that Simon Miller is clearly paid off by AEW? If that is true, I'm still waiting for my check. Also, other people go, Simon's paid off by WWE. Also still waiting for my check. How can I be being paid off by two companies and ain't no money coming through the door? But his point was that apparently I wasn't celebrating the fact that AEW hadn't broken a million last week. But again, if you go read all the uh, reports around it, it sounds like everybody DVR'd it because everybody was watching the president of the United States. But also, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to ratings, I think I've talked about this a thousand times. I want everyone to do seven bajillion rating numbers. <laughs> I want more people to watch wrestling. I want wrestling to go back to being as successful as it can be. And I want that for WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, anybody, New Japan. Why the hell would you ever wish badness on not just a wrestling company, but anybody that, that doesn't affect you in a negative way? So those people are absolutely nuts. And talking of Impact, I think Impact has really found its niche over the last few weeks. Obviously, it's been helped with Kenny Omega coming in there. But Rebellion was a really good pay-per-view impact was a really really good show on thursday friday whenever the hell it is now and it was kind of weird because when i started watching impact for ups and downs it was kind of a product that i had fluttered with because you know my mortal enemy sammy callahan's in there so i always need to make sure what he's doing but i didn't have the time to dedicate it to a week on week for the same reason that i'm struggling with nxt now so when we did decide hey let's go and uh, talk about uh, impact the cool thing was when I actually sat down and watched two hours of it, I was like, man, I actually know what's going on properly because I've been reading or capturing Twitter clips and you never actually get the whole experience when you do that. But now I kind of feel like I'm invested in it. And there are some things they do which I don't get go right over my head. But that's like Alexa Bliss on Raw, right? You can't expect every single thing on a wrestling show to be for you. But most of it, it's just so easy to watch. And I mean that in a positive way. I mean, you can argue they should have stronger themes, but other shows are doing that. So yeah, massive shout out to Impact Wrestling. I think it's a really, really good show. I really, really do enjoy enjoy watching it. And for everybody that asks me, given the world is slowly opening up again, I am 100% getting back to pro wrestling as soon as I'm allowed, hopefully end of June, but we just don't know. And if, you know, the paths then lead to me and Sammy Han, Sammy Han, <laughs> Sammy Callahan finally doing our what culture death match then of course i would want that i mean it's about a year ago now just over that was the not the worst thing about the pandemic because you know people lost their lives nothing will ever be worse than that but in my own you know selfish little world that literally fell off the table you know the, the world closed down and then a week later I was like well you're not going there and not that it matters but i lost a bunch of money but i lost the experience and it was like oh my gosh i was so close to doing something that i considered a, a, a dream you know that was on my dream list so we need to get back to it and, and i hope to do that soon 
Um, somebody says, I'm going to ask him that one. Yep. <laughs> Someone's already answered you, my man, Rush. So just follow, just follow what, uh, what he says. And uh, Grimstyle says, Vice and AE are both doing documentary on the Ultimate Warrior. Going to be interesting to compare the two. Yeah. And the Dark Side of the Ring have released the first part to the Brian Pillman documentary. I haven't seen it, but everybody says that it's flipping wonderful. So... I I look forward to that because Brian Pillman was all... He, I kind of miss Brian Pillman. I was watching WWF a lot, obviously in the mid to, to late 90s as we all were. But because I was a WWF guy, I didn't really get into WCW until sort of like... Well, I was in 96 and 97, but I don't know. I guess I was just too young and I guess I just picked one. But my point is my appreciation for him came years afterwards when I sat down and read all these cool stories and I was like, oh man, this guy was a trailblazer, a trendsetter. And the way that he did things, he wouldn't be able to do now because it just wouldn't work. So, but I, he's the kind of guy that I'd imagine he would just look at the world around him and he'd be like, well, how the hell do I, you know, manipulate this to ensure that I stand out? And the whole story with him is, is is absolutely tragic, as it was for all the guys that kind of passed away around then. So I'm excited to see that and learn and learn more about him. A QPR forever, my man. Long time. Says, hey, Simon, hope you're well. I'm now official member of the Big Little Club. <laughs> Got the T-shirt and wore it in the gym with pride. Damn right. And as you have brought up, I will say, yes, of course. If you search for Simon Miller on YouTube, check out my fitness channel where I'm just trying to help you as much as I can with your fitness journeys and your gym workouts and whatever else uh, that you need and again as we are halfway through the show i pimp out my patreon patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 i don't think anything else is going on i got all the notes up here the uh, uh the news ML- mlw is going to vice tv that is cool again i want everyone to do well including them and they have a really good roster they got some proper good guys which i actually think is good they have got on tv because they're more likely to keep them now and that's always going to there was that rumor going around that WWE was going to work with them. Then it got poo-pooed quite quickly. Like there was this idea, I think it was in the newsletter, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, that WWE doesn't want to feel like old dinosaurs by not working with other companies. But like, that's been your MO for 50 years. I don't understand why you would change that now. Like I'm all for it. I would love it if people just turned up in companies all the time. I mean, you'd have to back it off a little bit because, you know, law of diminishing returns. Once you do it all the time, it doesn't feel special anymore. But I love all of that kind of stuff. And I know we had the New Japan card last night. And I don't think there's any hints they're going to do any stuff with AEW. But there's, you know, in the build up to it, you have people in power talking about the Forbidden Door and now clearly being more open to, to doing stuff. So it's quite exciting. And we'll go with Matthew McFadden as well, who says, Hey, Simon, haven't been able to watch a full episode of wrestling for the last few weeks. As I started my new job last Monday, no question in mind, just sending a bunch of positivity. Thank you, my man. And I hope your new job is going well. And I hope you kick all the ass. So yes, I do have a bunch of questions, which we will answer now. And I promise that next week's show will be a little bit more uh, well put together than this one. But again, the return to Twitch was always going to, and well, just YouTube and live streaming in general was always going to be this way but we'll start with my man battle club pro everyone go follow follow battle club pro on on twitter which uh, their handle is just x battle club pro so there we go talking about the sammy callahan stuff battle club pro was also and this was meant to be a surprise but you know it's j- june 2020 i was going to go to new york and have a match with uh, with battle club pro really good dudes really nice like super duper nice people and it didn't happen because of the pandemic so that is something i would like to do as well if i can have two matches in the states in the next 12 months i'll feel like i accomplished something even though i probably didn't but they said who was your favorite wrestler growing up and has that changed since getting into the business well bret hart is always going to be my guy he was the first person that i saw for some reason i was fascinated by his pink trunks and his pink attire and that was it i was in i love professional wrestling 
obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin then, you know, he was my hero when I was a kid because I was exactly the right age to, to, to buy into all of that. I don't think it's changed now. In fact, the only thing I have more respect for Bret Hart now, when you go back and watch Bret Hart matches, he's one of the, I wouldn't say few guys because there's a lot, but he's absolutely one of them. He just makes his stuff look real. And I don't really understand how the hell, how the hell he did it. But yeah, he will always be, he will always be my guy. And of course, if you've not seen the video, I didn't. I got to share a cab with him once and he was just a fountain of knowledge. And I still can't believe that happened. My man, Chuck Mambo. Everyone go follow Chuck Mambo as well because he's a good dude. He is literally at just Chuck Mambo. Uh, if you don't know, he is a, British wrestler on the UK independent scene and he's ridiculous <laughs> it doesn't make sense I don't know how he got anyone anyway go follow him he's a great dude and he says what do you think is the best thing to come out of the empty arena era that you'd like to see continue afterwards it's a good question Chuck cinematic matches definitely because we've kind of backed off on them a little bit now so if you want to do another one I'd be like oh cool this is exciting but otherwise, I kind of feel like all the best things that came out of, of this era, and we've kind of stopped, with well, we want to call it, we've kind of stopped doing them now, which sucks, but we would not have got Roman Reigns as a heel, I don't think, without touring dying and merchandise and, you know, live gates not being as big as a thing, right? I don't think we would have got it. So I absolutely love that. Otis has money in the bank. Now, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but I don't think Otis is ever getting money in the bank if we're going, you know, with the old status quo. So it's kind of story choices like that that I would, I would like to see hang around but then we've gone completely in the opposite direction i don't want to see the thunderdome hanging around i do think the thunderdome is an incredible creation but you know live fans will always will always you know they'll always win out that they just will but it was come some of the more daring choices we made that very sadly have gone away i would like to see them come back and whether they will or not i don't know uh, my man Adam Barnes, who I used to work with and haven't talked to for a long time. I hope you're doing well, man. You won't watch this. Why is wrestling? Great question. And I'll never have an answer for you. Uh, the world is on fire, says. What is the hardest thing to learn in wrestling? Taking bumps or techniques for moves and hold? Well, wrestling is just difficult to begin with. I always say this. The hardest thing I've ever done is learn to be a professional wrestler. It kicks your ass. Cardio-wise, it kicks your ass. Mentally, it kicks your ass. Physically, there's probably going to be a good few weeks where you don't actually like what you're doing, but you've got to push through to the other side. So, yeah, I mean, it's all hard. The first bump will wake you up, though, and you'll laugh and go, <laughs> not really, but they damn well mean it. Uh, in the comments as well, nasty RVD, as opposed to happy RVD. Hey, Simon, when if the forbidden door opens between AEW and New Japan, what would be your favorite dream match? And why is it Marco Stunt versus Suzuki? All the best to you. Well, it would be that one. But also, I, cause I don't want to go one that everybody goes with. So I'd like to see Miro versus Ishii because I think they kick the absolute crap out of each other. And, you know, while it would be amazing to see all the other dream matches we could come up with, that one just seems so surreal <laughs> i think i'd almost get more out of it so yeah uh aram says do you think wrestling will ever go back to the days of the attitude era and be aimed at the older audience i mean yes and no i mean certain aspects of it now are aimed at an older audience and obviously certain aspects aren't i don't think you should ever be limited just because we're doing pg wrestling though right a lot of the great stuff in the attitude era wasn't because we could push the boat out it was because we had real characters and we had real storylines and we could emotionally believe in things. And I've seen plenty of you know PG television products where I feel exactly that way and nobody even utters a swear word. So SmackDown, I think, again, I don't want to keep going on about it, but talking about the current product, I think SmackDown is a fine television show. Yeah, sure, some things could be better, but you're never going to get everything perfect. And I just think maybe it's the extra hour on Raw, I don't know, but you could apply that now and you'd have two good wrestling shows. So I don't think it's about that at all. Uh, Alex says, do you think the Miro could 
be the Brody Lee for Derby. Take that belt off him and they have some kind of trilogy match. Not a bad idea. I see what you mean. I think some kind of extended feud because Darby Allen is kind of just going match to match to match and it's working, so it's not a problem. But yes, there is something in Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. And that's a believable guy who could beat Darby Allen. It's not going to affect Darby. Alex Eels, my friend, I think that's an absolutely, absolutely great shout. Uh, Sensatinio, which is an incredible name, says, do you feel describing WWE as a content farm is a fair assessment of how they have been producing things recently? It seems like they are doing things to make content, not to make good content. I, I don't buy into this idea that WWE isn't trying to make good content. I think they're absolutely trying to make good content. But they are more of a content creator than a promotion. That's fair because they have because they can be. TV is going to pay them money regardless. Now their pay-per-views are going to pay them money regardless in America. And I'm pretty sure most other countries are going to be using the WWE network anyway. So it's not going to get a huge influx of cash from that, or at least not what they're expecting. So now their whole job is to make content for Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, and whatever NXT, whatever else they've got going on. So that is going to change their mindset a little bit. But I don't think there may be some inherent laziness to that because they don't feel the pressure i'm not saying that i do think that's going on i'm saying i could understand that like you know when you work to a deadline or whatever you work a bit more stringently because you know what's going on but i do not buy this thing that they're trying to make bad products there's just no way i just don't think it is true maybe it is maybe i'm wrong uh harine joseph says hello simon glad to see you're okay my daily proclamation for my love for kenny omega here none to ask but long live the belt collector harine your dedication to this is second to none and i massively appreciate it uh Colter strand says hey simon if you could license a track from any musical artist to be your entrance theme what would you choose thank you for your great podcast it's been a source of entertainment me for through tough times i should have said at the start oh well i didn't because i'm an idiot because i was streaming the reason there hasn't been one for two weeks is because i had to go and have surgery i don't want to get into it i don't want the sympathy or anything like that but even now i'm not 100 percent, and there's just no some things had to slide and sadly it was the podcast if you want to get mad at me as people do on twitter you can get mad at me when it comes to my health sometimes i have to go whatever it would be a metallica song which one i don't know you'd have to sit down and kind of fit your ring warp you know one master of puppets creeping death uh, seek and destroy i don't know this but dies eve there'd be something there that would work and walking out to metallica would a be awesome but b you may get them to play a live show and they'll play your entrance and then you've lived the dream and you never have to worry about life again uh jd says if you had a time traveling phone booth nice and had to save the future by giving a presentation on wrestling history <laughs> who are you bringing here from the past well it's got to be vince mcmahon senior right you've got to be vince mcmahon senior you probably have to bring in like a luthez and you probably have to bring in who's passed away that would just i'm probably forgetting of somebody really really obvious right now uh, maybe like a Bill Watts. I mean, Bill Watts could still be alive, actually. I don't know. It's a, it's a very bad thing to say. But I think if you... Basically, what I'm saying is you go get the, all the old school promoters and new Vince McMahon and Tony Khan and you put that together because I think that's where the most interesting interesting take would be. Uh, Andrew says, Andrew Dell Amater, if the choice existed to take one former WWE star turned AEW star to come back to the company and get a proper push, who would it be? Miro. It's always Miro. It's always Rusev. I, I haven't even been sort of massively high on all the stuff he's done since he arrived in AEW, but I know the potential that he has. And he started to show it the last few weeks, and instantly I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a fan of this guy. He is the absolute best. Um, Thomas says, what do you think of a heel Lesnar versus heel Roman feud? Well, I don't think you need to do heel versus heel. Brock Lesnar's run as a bad guy. I mean, it may be difficult because obviously some fans don't like him, blah, blah, blah. But if you can bring him back as a good guy and you can actually get the fans on board, which you may be able to because WrestleMania proved that Roman Reigns is going to get booed, which is good. That's what I want. 
Brock Lesnar as a good guy actually refreshes his character a little bit. And he should go after that Universal Championship if we do it. And he should lose. I want Roman Reigns to hold on to that belt for ages so that when he does get defeated, it feels like the biggest deal ever. I want a Bruno San Martino situation. I want Undertaker losing his streak situation. A Hulk Hogan when he first lost the belt situation. I want that. Because he has tenure now. What is he, like 280 days or whatever the hell it was. Give him another year. Give him two years. That's right. <laughs> I said it. Uh, Adam G. Bo says, Simon, what are your thoughts on the relationship between work rate and selling if you perceive uh, delinea delineation at all? Well, I think it all just ties into wrestling, doesn't it? Obviously, you know, work rate is, is kind of a couple of things. It's how good you are in the ring, but also how much effort you put into it. And selling, of course, comes down to, to many different things. Selling the move, selling the finish, selling your character, Selling the other person's character. That's just ring psychology. As we talked about earlier, I think you need to have just a blanket skill set in order to ensure that you are a good professional wrestler. And it's really, really difficult. But the good thing is, is that when you get into it, it's also really, really fun. Uh, Jake says, what is your favorite match a non from a non-Big 5 pay-per-view? I will always be a sucker for Zayn versus Owens at Battleground 2016. Wanted to get your thoughts. Also, thank you for hopping on the big Bang Your Head podcast with me earlier this year. Love reviewing Master of Puppets. Dude, Jake, you're welcome. And yeah, everyone go check out the Bang Your Head podcast. I enjoyed doing that. It was fun. I shouldn't have asked that question because the problem is it's so hard to try to think of something. I mean, you said non-Big 5, which makes me think you're putting money in the bank in there. And I'd always go to money in the bank 2011 john cena seeing punk boy and boring otherwise though i mean anything between yeah zane and owens would work i would probably i see everything i'm thinking of is on a big on a big pay-per-view i would go with great balls of fire samoa joe stupid name samoa joe versus brock lesnar in, in that moment we should have made samoa joe the champion i get why we didn't but i think people would have got behind it but you know hey ho what do we do but it it, it is very it is very uh, sad, probably a bit strong, but it would have been awesome if we had done that. And I'll ask a few more um, who go with Philbo, who says, if you worked on Raw or SmackDown and you aren't allowed to put any titles on yourself for a year, how do you book yourself for that year? It's Bob Holly logic. I beat everybody for 365 days. And then I'm definitely getting a title shot because <laughs> I would have worked myself into that position. Owen says, how would the smaller indies look post-pandemic and can wrestlers start developing again? Dude, I don't have the answer to that question. I hope that they can find their momentum again. I'm sure they will. As the world normalizes, I'm sure businesses will normalize as well. But it's going to be, I mean, even holidays are going to be crazy. So I think we just have to sit back, do what we can do, and just hope that people support it. And no one's under any obligation to do that, of course. But that is what I hope will happen. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, John says, as you love 50-50 booking so much, what do you think of how AEW are using their ratings or their ranking system? Well, I really like it. And people go mental when I say that because they're like, oh, but they said this and they said that. Lots of people say lots of things. But until you're knee deep in the mud, you don't know how you're going to react. And I think they use it as a nice storyline as and when it needs to, e.g. Britt Baker or putting other people into title matches when they don't have anything else. And the way that Hangman Page got beaten by Brian Cage, so he was so close to getting his Kenny Omega shot, and now he's lost it. And also, I don't want it to be the be-all and end-all. I think some people wanted it to be the be-all and end-all, and I don't want it to be the be-all and end-all. And why I said the same thing twice there, I don't know. Like the Macho Man Randy Savage. I think when you pigeonhole yourself to that degree, you're just asking for problems. And it makes much more sense to have an open book and an open, you know, situation. That's why the Hangman Adam Page story is so good. 
like one of the things I think we should do is I think Hangman should get back to number one. He should take on Kenny Omega and then he should lose and be kicked back to the bottom again because there's no rush to do any of this. Sometimes a good story is the one that doesn't give you the ending that you want. Now, much like when John Moxley won the title, that just made all the sense in the world, even though you could have kept it on Chris Jericho and nobody would have been bothered by that because it was both not the time and it was both the time listening to the crowd. So you could change it. Again, sometimes you need to call an audible. But Shakespeare wrote a lot of tragedies, man, and people still tell those stories today and it only makes the win even sweeter. So... I think that's a great way to use the ranking system without relying on it totally. Sometimes I just want to see not necessarily random matches. Well, it kind of depends. Sometimes random matches are fine, but sometimes e.g. Charlotte versus Mandy Rose, uh, Dana Brooke, when you're like, you're in a different feud and no one bothers to tell you why. That I don't get. There's got to be something. They should have just said it's an exhibition, but then Mandy Rose was there and it just gets massively massively confusing. Uh, Senpai Keezy says, do you think WWE could use some of the matches uh main event on raw to build towards the united states championship those matches be bangers oh yeah because you've got ricochet and ali doing stuff i mean yes and no the thing is i don't think we need to because i think raw is long enough in order to sell that stuff for one reason or another we just don't do it so pff, yeah i have no idea uh, that, that's my thing you could how you can't work mustafa ali onto a three-hour wrestling show i don't know but it's not my show they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want demona says what is the best ladder match I mean, does TLC count or do we want straight up ladder matches? Because that one at WrestleMania 17 is still utterly ridiculous. Um, I do. I mean, it's not the best one, but I do quite like The Rock versus Triple H at SummerSlam 98. More from a historical perspective. Because it's kind of, I feel like that was one of their early matches when everyone's like, oh, these people can be more than mid-carders or IC champions, whatever the hell you want to call it. I really enjoyed that. There's probably loads that I'm forgetting about now. That's another, I'm going to stop answering those questions because I need to sit down and look into it. I'm going to take all of them and one day just answer those questions uh, for ages. Uh, Cargo says, what is your favorite non-finish in wrestling? My favorite non-finish. Do you mean like non-finisher but counts as a finisher? Because that's the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. I don't know what a non-finish in wrestling is. <laughs> I don't know what that means because it has to finish. Otherwise, the match would go on forever. Uh, Ken Kai says, what are your thoughts on an Impact AEW Survivor Series-esque pay-per-view? Oh, 100%. You build that right. I'm Again, I am down for invasions. Apart from invasions when Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, and everybody else don't turn up and I get devastated as a stupid, as a stupid, stupid kid. Uh, Doreen says, what wrestler do you think has the best entrance music of all time? I mean, you can't choose one. Austin would be in there. Triple H's The Game would be in there. Undertaker's would be in there. Kane's would be in there. There'll be other ones I'm forgetting about and will shoot myself for later. There's some real good ones. And they can catch you unawares as well. They just come on your, 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 you know, your, your iPhone or whatever. You're like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Wesley says, if you had to build a wrestling company about one wrestler, who would it be? At the moment, probably Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns. That's going to cause some controversy, but I think it's true. So I think AEW and WWE have got that exactly right. Um, Rob says, what is your ultimate card for matches which have taken place at WrestleMania? Seven matches max. Okay, so this is actually going to be accurate because these are ones that need to come into my head. But I would 100% put Bret Hart versus... Stone Cold Steve Austin for WrestleMania 13, because that's my favorite WrestleMania match. I'd also put Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat. I'd also include CM Punk versus The Undertaker, because I love that match. I'd also have Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, so you need five minutes of action. I would put Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, and Rey Mysterio on there, because even though they only got 10 minutes, it's so much fun. And again, it's going to get people being excited. 
I so I've screwed myself over now because I was about to do a match, but then I double up that wrestler, so I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I would put TLC on there. We just talked about. Yep, no one's in that. And then one more. I say, and I'll do Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. So there you go. I looked at the wrong thing then. I got confused. Uh, loads of people asking, why is professional wrestling? And we all know the reason answer to that is, is hey, is why. I Candy says, who has the best feet in wrestling? And that's the last question we'll ever ask from them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Ellie says, uh, who do you think will stop Kenny Omega from each company he took a, wo- a major world title from? That's a really good question. It's difficult to say because Moose, I would like to take it back from Impact. But I don't know how you work that situation at the moment because Rich Swan needs to do something. But I would go with Moose. Andrade is going to take on Kenny Omega for the AAA Championship, so that would be a good one. And I think it's got to be Hangman Adam Page for the AEW, excuse me, the AEW Championship. It has to be. And that can be in a year's time. I'm all good with long title reigns when it ticks the boxes. So I'm saying that. I'd probably forgotten someone. But yes, that's, that's what I'm going with. Uh, Ian says, are you happy about Eva Marie returning? No, I'm disgusted by it. No, I think it's great. She's got a job. She's going to be back in WWE. Good for her. I hope it works out really well and she proves all the naysayers wrong because it's wrestling and I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Talks Rubbish says, where do you think your wrestling career would be if there was no pandemic? Dude, that's an amazing question. I don't know. And there's no point thinking about it because there is no answer. Who even knows, right? You know, you, you always dream big, especially I do. Like, I like to I like to think cool things are going to happen. You know, what's that thing? Manifest these things, as some people say. I mean, if nothing else, I would have been a far better wrestler because I would have an extra 13, 12, whatever it was, 14 months under my belt, which really was the the, the worst thing. But it's all good. Uh, M. Grot says, if you could wrestle any promotion, past, present, or future, which one and why? I mean, I guess you'd pick the Attitude Era WWF because the crowds were crazy. But I mean, there is no real answer. AEW right now, WWE right now. I mean, not necessarily right now because you want crowds, but imagine they, they rang. Oh, no, I want to wait for crowds to come back. No one's saying that. You're going, yeah, where do I sign? I'll run there. Of course, it'd be amazing. Uh, Robert says, how much of your training is physique work and how much of it is athletic? Um, so, so athletic. So I'm going to say it's mostly physique work. I can jump. Okay. Uh, Larry says, why is Bailey not on TV? Was Bailey on the show on Friday? I can't remember. All the shows blur into one. I remember the bit when she had the bit on the phone, but I think that was the week before. I don't mind that she wasn't on last week's show if she wasn't, because we had another focus, as long as she's on next Friday's show. However, I do want to caveat by that by saying, yes, we don't do enough with Bailey, and we absolutely should do enough with Bailey. Uh, JM Horror Guy says, Simon, if WW were to create an old woman's brand, what do you think would be a good name for the show? Well, I guess WWE evolution i suppose to tie into that but i said this on ups and downs today i wouldn't do an all-woman show unless it made sense and that's what people wanted then of course but i don't want to see excellent female performers being taken off the premiere raw and smackdown shows i said this earlier in the the show i want them to be given more time and more angles and sometimes yes maybe they'll have more time than the men because that's what makes sense like no matter what you do no matter what brand you make now doesn't matter what it is it's not going to be watched as much as raw and smackdown because people have viewing habits that they've fallen into so I would rather we dedicate our time to that side rather than the other side. I just, I, I don't understand why it's not happening. I don't understand why the tag team championships keep going around in a damn circle. And we'll do uh, one more, two more, simply because Sean says, why would anybody not acknowledge Roman Reigns? Exactly, he's our tribal chief and savior. And we should, <laughs> we should respect him as much as we can. And I'll finish with... Um, I want one that's going to just sort of blow me up. 
a lot of good questions, but a lot of them we have already answered very sadly. We'll go with Terry the Tipster who says, what would the wrestling landscape look like if the screw job had never happened? The reason I want to answer this one is I like to think, and who the hell knows, WCW may have offered him so much money he would have gone anyway. But Bret Hart in the 1998 wrestling world is so good. He has another match with Stone Cold Steve Austin when Stone Cold Steve Austin finally gets his big win against him because obviously he'd lost at uh, Survivor Series and WrestleMania. He could probably have a few with The Rock because, you know, both guys have been very vocal about how Bret Hart went to went to bat with him. Maybe him and Shawn Michaels could have ironed out their differences and they always had great chemistry. He would have been around for when Kurt Angle came in, even though it would have been a couple of years after that. And there'll be a bunch of guys I'm not even thinking anymore. Bret Hart versus Kane. I would watch that. I mean, you know, Kane was in on October and then a month later, Bret Hart's out the door. Bret Hart versus The Undertaker, always a good match. Summer Sam 1997, love that. So there was just so many good things that we could have done. Edge and Christian versus Bret Hart. Maybe he finds a tag team partner. So, but then you, you make a very good question. Some people say, you know, would the Attitude Era blown up as much? I think it would have done. I still think they would have done the same things, but you can't tell a lie. Without that, you don't get Vince McMahon. You probably do get Mr. McMahon, but maybe not the sheer amount of venom he has to begin with. So you did need that as a catalyst. But it's a great question. And, you know, ultimately as a fan, no, 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 no. Ultimately as a human being, I don't ever want anyone to be screwed over, <laughs> right? So in that sense, it's not great, but there is some, uh, uh, you know, good stuff, good stuff coming out of it. And on that note, we shall wrap it up. For anyone listening, I promise you the audio will be fixed next time. Streamlabs just defaulted to all the settings that I'd already changed because I made the stupid idea of, of refreshing my, my thing. So if you are watching on Twitch right now, please hit that follow button. If you are watching on YouTube right now, please hit that subscribe button. I am not going to stream on my main channel because it screws up your YouTube things, but I'm just going to use this YouTube channel for a streaming thing anyway. So in that sense, I don't care. Hopefully we can get the numbers up and start having a bit more fun with it. Uh, in the meantime, if you could support me on Patreon, patreon.com for Simon316, that would absolutely rock. Twitter, Instagram is Simon316. Subscribe to my other YouTube channel. Just search for Simon. I do have merchandise, simon.bigcartel.com. I've got like five shirts I need to sell. And when those shirts are done, I can get new stock in. That's just how it works. Got to speculate to accumulate other way around in this sense. And otherwise, I think that's all my shib. Make sure you check out What Culture Wrestling. Make sure you check out Ups and Downs. I'm still reworking all of my Streamlabs stuff. So, um, you know, it's we'll be back to how it was last year. But as you can imagine, I'm still piecing it together. And my Wednesdays, even though it's Tuesdays, my Tuesdays are always pretty crazy because of, of Raw. But however, I am planning to do another one on Thursday. Around about the same time, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later. But that's why you should subscribe and follow and do all that kind of stuff. But I appreciate your time. If you missed any of this or you want to hear it in both your ears, make sure you search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Show on any podcast app. I should be there. But more importantly, I thank you for your support. And I'll be seeing your ass, not literally, very soon.